Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahirrabbilalemin. Ve sallallahu ve barakal al-ashrafil anbiya mursalim. Nebiyyina Muhammed ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ila yevmiddin. Ama ba'd. Velhamdülillah. We continue with the text. Ibn Qudama al-Maqdisi. Rahimahullah is the explanation primarily of Shaykh and Shaykh Ubaid and Jabiri of the text Yani Umdatul Fiqh the text Umdatul Fiqh and Alhamdulillah we have reached the chapter or the part of the chapter from Kitab As-Salah where it refers to Salat al-Murid in Ibab Salatul Murid. So this is the chapter pertaining to rather the Salah of the Murid. The one that is sick. And how they perform the Salah. And so no doubt, when referring to the Salah of the Murid, and the Salah of the one who is unwell, then we're referring to the one whose illness is an illness that prevents him from performing the salah in this legislated manner. Likewise, when we're referring to the salat al-murid, then there is no distinction which is made between the murid, yani yurja bur'ahu, or yurja na'am bur'ahu, yani the murid, the one that is sick, where it's hoped that he will have, he will be cured of that illness. And the murid, the individual that's sick, where it is understood, or is generally understood, that he will not be cured. Yani what we refer to as chronic illnesses. And so there's no difference between the two. Either ibra is if the, the person is not able, due to that illness, it prevents them from, from performing the salah in a manner which is mashru'ah, in a manner which has been legislated. And so... Ibn Qudam rahimahullah begins by mentioning Wal murid Wal murid Ida kana al-qiyam Yuzid fi mardihi Salla jalisa Fa in lam yutiq Fa ala jambihi Likori Rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Fa imran ibn Hussain Salli qa'iman Fa in lam tastati' Fa qa'idan and for this narration, Ibn Khudami begins by mentioning that the murid, the one that is ill, if the person's illness, or if the person, by way of standing in the salah, it increases him in illness. Naam. If the, by, by way of the one that stands in the salah, it increases him in illness, then the person prays sitting. If he's not able to sit, then he prays on his side. Now what we say in addition to that, I where Ibn Khadama mentions if it increases him in illness, what can be mentioned in addition to that is that if by way of standing it increases him in illness or by way of him standing in the salah it delays 
in the case of the one that, that may be cured or of the illness, it delays his cure. Uh, it delays him getting better, essentially. And so, these are the two affairs. The one is that if, he's, if, if by way of standing in the Salah, he becomes even sicker and he becomes, it becomes even harder for him to, to uh, pray. Or, by way of standing in the Salah, it brings about a delay in his cure. It is the permission of Allah. And then because that mentions the narration of Imran ibn Hussein, where the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned to him, pray standing. And if you're not able, then sit in. And if you're not able, then on your side. And this is a hadith which is found in Sahih Bukhari. Likewise, we understand from this as well, is that when it comes to the Fard Salah, this is a discussion about the Fard Salah, the obligatory prayer. When it comes to the obligatory prayer, if the person does not, is not able to stand, then they are, they have, they are permitted to sit. And they have ijma'. There's ijma' in that regard. And there's consensus in that regard. And so this in of itself, we have the, the, this narration, which is a delay, as well as that, we have the ijma, we have the consensus. A consensus, and that is also regarded as being a delil. We've discussed this previously. They don't remember what is the delil, that consensus is a delil. They don't remember what it is. But we say that if we have a consensus, it's a delil in itself. Now. Now, the hadith, the hadith of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, where he mentions that this Ummah will not unite upon falsehood. That this Ummah will not unite upon falsehood. Now, and Ibn Qudamah goes on to mention thereafter, فَشَكَّ عَلَيْهِ فَعَلَىٰ ظَهْرِهِ فَشَكَّ عَلَيْهِ فَعَلَىٰ ظَهْرِهِ يعني referring to if it becomes, if it's difficult for him to even pray on his side, then he will pray on his back. He can pray on his back. This is the case. Depending upon, depending upon someone's marat, their illness, that they may have, they may not be able to pray on their side. And so they, they resort to having to pray on their back. Also, when we discuss the affair of the marat, this is something that I must, me, myself, I uh, experience. That sometimes it's not a case of you physically are not able to do particular actions. So you're physically not able to stand, for example. However, for those that are, have been in hospital, seen people in the hospital, there are times that due to the ilaj, due to the tube that they're receiving, they have all of these tubes and all of these, anything, different things plugged into their body. And it prevents them from standing. As this goes back to the, the first point we mentioned, that if standing is something, if they stand, then this may be a means of, of preventing or delaying them يعني, becoming better. So they may, may, they may what, what may be the case is that they have to lie down and they have to receive particular treatments and particular, particular medication and that this is what is uh, prescribed for them for that particular ailment. And it's not a case that they physically can't stand, but... By way of them standing, then they cannot administer that particular 
um, that, that particular medication. Now, I mean, this is the case. As I mentioned, this is something that I experienced myself in the last few months, where you'd have tubes coming up your arms there and then there, and then monitoring your heart here, and then you can't really move. Now, and so you have to, in this case, you have the other. Yeah, you, ha you have a degree of um, uh, excuse, Allah Ta'ala knows best. So, and then Hudama goes on to mention, Bin Ajaza and Rukur was sujood, and so, if the person is not able to perform the rukur or the sujood, so initially Ibn Khadam was discussing the affair of what? The standing. Naam and the ajas, the, the difficulty and not being able to stand. But now we're talking about the affair of rukur and sujood. Well, obviously, by the way of, by the nature of amrat, the nature of illnesses that they're different, and illnesses depending on where it is in your body, the illness may prevent you from one thing but not from another. Naam. So if the illness is one which prevents you from performing rukur or sujood, then the person lowers their body in accordance with that action. So when it comes to, for example. Uh, the Rukur, they lower their body to a particular level, and then when it comes to the Sujood, they lower it even further. If they're not able to perform the Rukur or the Sujood. What we understand from this from this speech, as is mentioned by many of Ahlul N, is that if the person is able to perform the action of Sujood, they have to perform it. Naam. And so what you find is that a person is able to lower the body to some degree, for his rukur. And then he's able to lower it further for the sajda. But in reality, he's able to lower it this far for sajda, he may, he may even be able to make sajda itself. In that scenario, he should make the sajda. He should make the sujood. And this is what is ahwan. That's the safest or ahwan, the safest of the option for him in that river. And so this is the scenario if the individual cannot perform the rukur or sujood. Naam. So we understand. Ibn Qudama here now he's mentioned three things. Naam, he's mentioned three things. If the person is not able to do what? What three things did he mention? He mentioned standing. If he's not able to stand and he's not able to do what? The rukur. And he's mentioned if he's not able to do the sujood. So, if he's not able to stand, then what is upon him? What is it upon him to do? To sit. If he's not able to sit, then what? On his side. If he's not able to, to pray on his side, then what? On his back. Now, that's in relation to the uh, standing. What he does in the rukur, then what? Uh, if he's not able to perform rukur, yani, as has been legislated, then what does he do? The, to the best of his ability, and he lowers his body to the best of his ability. Now. Sujood, likewise, the same thing, but he lowers it further. Naam. But if he's able to perform the sujood, then it goes back to, he remains upon the asr. In relation to the salat and murid, he leaves the things he's not able to do. However, the actions that he is, he is able to perform, then he does perform them. Naam, Allah Ta'ala's best, because these are from the arkan of the salat that we're referring to. Naam.
No, so this 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 that would be the other that would be an excuse because this is now like like even if the person's standing, the person can say I can stand, but if it comes to standing now, it's going to increase him in in in, in uh, his pain to the to the extent that it may encroach upon his salah and harm his salah and harm the, the manner in which he has his his uh, You know that it's the same thing with the the standing, whether it be the record, the sujood, all of them. Listen, Allah now, thereafter, Ibn Qudama goes on to mention, وَعَلَيْهِ وَعَلَيْهِ قَضَى مَا فَاتَهُ مِنْ صَوَاتِ مِنَ الصَّلَوَاتِ فِي إِغْمَائِهِ And so, upon the individual is Qadha, that is to make up whatever he has missed from the Salah, نعم, due to him being unconscious. So if he causes him to lose consciousness, Naam, so he loses consciousness due to his marad, then he makes it up after. So once he regains consciousness, he makes up the salah. So say for example, a person loses consciousness for an extended period of time to the, ex- to the extent that the salah time le- ends. Then he makes it up <coughs> once he's able when he regains consciousness. Naam, and that, that ruling is understood based upon what, Ikhwah? Why do you understand that particular, how do you understand that particular rule, Shalisa? Now, because of the hadith of the one that is asleep, and the one that is asleep, and when they wake up, the waqt of salah, the time of that salah is when they wake up. Now, and of course, this is referring to the one that does not have tafrit, uh, he's not an individual that is lax when it comes to the sleep. So a person cannot say, now, Fajr, my friend, it's five o'clock, and I go to sleep at quarter to five, and I said, I, and he says, I slept through Fajr. Now, so he didn't seek any of the means and he did not seek to safeguard that salah. And so the, as we mentioned previously, this particular ruling is for the one that sought the means, however he's overslept or oversleep, maybe overcame him, which happens. He maybe overcame him and then he misses that due to the salah. The affair of the one that is unconscious due to illness is tied along with that. And so the loss of his akal due to sleep or loss of aql due to his um, unconsciousness, then once he regains the consciousness, this is the time when he performs the salah. Now, so, thereafter, Mkhadama goes on to mention, when shakka alayhi fi'la kulli salah fi waqtiha, falahu jam, bayna al-dhuhur wa-asr. Yani, and so if, he has a difficulty when it comes to praying the salah, every salah in its time. Then he has the ability to combine between Dhuhr and Asr. And likewise, Maghrib and Isha. Naam. And this is something we'll discuss further in the next chapter in regards to Salat al-Musafir. And the affair of Jam. I combine them. And if the person is that in the hal where they can combine the person is that in the hal where they can combine, then what we understand from that is that the person, I, they look at the salawat as if they are three separate times. So for example, Salat al-Fajr, they combine with what? Nothing. And everyone's on the board, everyone's awake. <laughs> Salat al-Fajr, they combine, they can't combine the Fajr with anything. 
So they have to pray Fajr at its time. As for Salatul Dhuhr or Salatul Dhuhr, then they can combine it with Salatul Asr. That's your second time. So when can they combine that? At what time can they combine Dhuhr and Asr? So the individual you can combine in the time of Dhuhr or in the time of Asr. As we said, we look at it as, as if it's one time. So Dhuhr and Asr as, is one prayer time where they combine between the Salawat Naam, due to the illness. And then that third Salah time is what? Maghrib or Isha. Naam, where they combine between Maghrib and Isha. This is due to yani, I, due to their illness and they find any difficulty in praying every salah in its time. Now, and so Ibn Khudam goes on to mention yani, two conditions. He goes on to mention two conditions. The first of them he mentions Fain Jama'a fi waqtil ula and so if they combine in the first time like the first time of the salah then what is made conditional upon them is al-jam'a in the fi'liha so the dunia, the person has to have the intent. So for example, Dhuhr and Asr. And you can combine Dhuhr and Asr in the time of Dhuhr. Naam. You have to have that niyyah of jam. Naam. You have to have the intent that you're going to combine. Does that make sense? Jayat. وَاِسْتِمْرَارَ الْعُذْرِ حَتَّى يَشْرَعْ فِي ثَانِيَ مِنْهُمَا And likewise, the second condition is that the other that he has, the excuse that he has to combine, and the excuse is what in this case? Illness. The excuse that he has to combine must be still present in the second time. Now, so for example, let's use the same example that we use. The person is in the hospital at the time of Dhuhr. And so, he's not able, or it's, not, it's difficult for him to Pray Dhuhr and Asr together. So I hope it's, it's due to the 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 the, um, the particular ilaj that he's receiving, particular treatment that he's receiving at that time. So he prays, yeah, salatul dhuhr and asr. But he must do what? The first thing he must do is what? Have the niyyah. Now have the niyyah for jam. The second thing is, if he's still, for example plugged into all of the machines, and it's Asr, Falabats, Na'ala Haraj. However, if now, for example, the treatment comes to an end, and now whatever reason that he had is no longer there, now so it's, and it's Asr time now, then what? It's already combined, however, what? That there's not that there's a lack of istimrar, istimrar or other. So because even though he may have combined the fact that at the second time, at the second time, that other is no longer there. 
that 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 uh, uh, excuse that he had is no longer present, and so thus he has to perform the salah at that time. Now does that make sense? Jayid. Now, likewise, he goes on to mention, illa because of the wudu. And so he does not split between the two. And there's no gap between the two. So he's complaining, Dohan Asr, same example. He does not spray, for example, still now we're still within British summertime, so the Dohan is still quite a long period of time. But he doesn't now pray Dohan at 1.30 and then pray Asr at 4. All within the Dohan time. He cannot do that. Naam. Rather, he must establish the Salat of Dohan yeah, and if he's praying Dhuhr and together, he must establish it together. Nah, because essentially his excuse is that he's ill and there's mashakka. But if he's delaying it further, then he could feasibly wait till Asr. Nah, so he does not delay it except for, as mentioned by Ibn Qudama, because wudu. Because wudu, referring to the, the amount of time it, it takes to make wudu. Now, so say for example, he prays one salah and then, yani, ja'at al hajjah, there's a need for him to make wudu. Naam, falabat. So, because then that need for him to make wudu is of great importance, it's from the shurut al salah. And he's going, to he's going to fulfill one of the shurut al salah. Falabat. However, or it's, what we understand from that as well is that period of time. So not just that he needs to make wudu, but that period of time. So it's a small period of time. Naam. The one that generally know, has ilm, has knowledge of how to make wudu and is not afflicted by anything that delays their wudu. Naam. Then everyone knows the amount of time it takes to make wudu. Naam. Yani daqaiq, minutes. And so this is the amount of time that the person may split between the salawat. Naam, when they make a jam. That makes sense. Is that clear? Jimmy? Thereafter, thereafter he mentions when when after October is the prayer of the Uzr, he had to call it at the second or third of it. And so, if the individual delays the salah, naam, he delays the salah. And the, yani the excuse continues. And the excuse that he has continues. Then this is regarded as being the, uh, he's entered the second time for the salah, essentially. So this is the next, this is the, uh, he's permitted to perform the salah in that time. Why? Because the excuse is continued. Now the, the excuse that he has to combine is still there. So he's permitted to join between the salawat. Now, Likewise, as well, Ibn Qudama goes on to mention here, and it's, uh, if you like, an introduction to the next chapter. And the Musafir has the excuse to make Qasr, the one that is able to, to shorten the prayer, is also allowed to, is also allowed to combine the prayer. Naam. When we say combine, then of course we mean that he combines between the times. So he combines between the same times. 
that makes sense. So he combines between Dhuhr and Asr, he combines between Maghrib and Isha. Naam, and, he's, and he's permitted to shorten those prayers. So, thereafter, Ibn Qudama mentions something specific here, where he says, Were you Jews? This is a hukum which is muhim jiddan for Ahlul Manchester. Naam. Yani, and it's permissible to, to combine between the Isha'in, the two Isha's for rain. Isha'in referring to what? Maghrib Isha. So he mentions it's permissible to combine between Maghrib and Isha due to rain. Damn, I have not combined due to rain as much in this last year, in my whole life, as much as I has in this last year. Now, the amount of times we combined the salawat over this last year that I've been here is more than I've combined for rain in my in my whole life. For that, alhamdulillah. <laughs> and so, here, Ibn Khudama mentions a specific hukum, and he specifies the affair of Maghrib and Isha. Now, Ibn Khudama specifies Maghrib and Isha, and so he, Dahaba, in a call about the Ahlul Ilm, he's upon the opinion of some of Ahlul Ilm that the combining in the salawat is specifically for Maghrib and Isha. Naam, why? Why do they say this? Afwan? Mubarak. Naam, good answer. It's good, it's right as well. <laughs> what else? Short time, naam. It's night time, it's definitely night time. What does that mean though? Why? Why is that uh, relevant? Naam. So they were mentioned that the difficulty at night is even more. Naam, so the difficulty at night is even more to combine. And likewise, you have this narration of Abu Salama, where he mentions, "Min al-Sunnah ida kana fi al-yom al-matr al-yajma bayna magna wa isha, wa kana ibn Umar yajma ida jama al-mara bayna magna wa isha." And so he mentions this narration. This narration is found in the Mawatta of Imam Malik and Sunan al-Kubra of Bayhaki. This narration where Abu Salama mentions that from the Sunnah that the Yawm al-Matr now the kind of Yawm al-Matr if, if, if it was raining during the day then they will combine between Maghrib and Isha. Now Ibn Umar likewise would combine between Maghrib and Isha and this particular narration. And so they specify in this narration Maghrib and Isha. And so some of Ahlul Ilm, they mention that this is what takes precedence. However, there's a narration of Ibn Abbas, where he mentions that the Prophet ﷺ would combine between Dhuhr and Asr 
And it would combine between Maghrib and Isha for the reason of matter, for the reason of rain. And so this is now is a narration which we would regard as being marfu'ah. And this is a narration which is marfu'ah. What's marfu'ah? Ya Ahlul Hadith. It's a, it's a narration that is ascribed directly to the Prophet Why? Because Ibn Abbas is narrating that this is, the, this is from the Fi'l al-Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam. So, thereafter, or the previous narration was referring to who? Sahabi who? Ibn Umar. So there's no ta'arut, essentially. There's no contradiction. Naam. And if you were to say there was a contradiction, if you were to suggest that one, if there was a contradiction between the two narrations, then that which is maqaddam, that which no doubt takes precedence, is the narration of Ibn Abbas, where he narrates the fi'l of the Prophet Now the action of the Prophet And so this is what takes precedence in that regard. And so you can combine between Yani, Maghrib, and Isha, and you can combine between Dhuhr and Asr. Yeah, Asr for the affair of rain. <clears throat> Thereafter, we have the next chapter. This is a this is a short chapter, and this next chapter is a short one as well. The chapter is the Salat al-Musafir. The chapter pertaining to the Salah, the prayer of the Musafir. And Ibn Qudawa mentions with a kanat musafa safrihi sita ashra farsakhan wa hiya masira yawmain qasidain wa kana mabah falahu qasr arba'iyya khasa and so if the distance is a distance of 16 or 30 farsakh this is a particular um Measurement, which is derived from the measurement or derived from the from the Pharisee word, and in every farsakh essentially there are three miles. Now, for every farsakh are three miles. So they mention if a, for every farsakh is three miles, and in regards to this, then the the, the distance of travel is. 16 of them. Naam. And so that makes up how many miles? You work it out before? Alhamdulillah. Naam. So 48 miles, essentially. Naam. 48 miles. And you find that this, uh, yeah, there's, there's those that mention a particular distance. And Allah Ta'ala knows best. And a mile is made up of, يعني, as, as mentioned by Qadi Iyad, Qadi Iyad, he mentions a mile is made up of 12,000 feet. A mile is made up of 12,000 feet. And so you have three of those. So that's how many thousand feet? Three miles? 36,000 feet. Now, let's come back to Tushan Kovac. Now, Where's six thousand feet? So in that regard, this is the distance that is understood, and what is and what is mentioned in that in relation to the distance as well, that it, it is equivalent 
of two days traveling in a particular direction. Now, the Masir of two days, the person was to walk in that regard. Now, Sheikh and Sheikh Ubaid, he mentions that what is closer to the to the truth in that in, in this in relation to that the tahdid the distance of the musafir is that which is in relation to the urfanas i what is the custom of the people i when the people regard i regard as being i have left the location their locality now and so uh for example, as many of you know, I'm from London now, so <laughs> Manchester was, was a bit difficult for you to understand. But for example, London, many of you know London, London is surrounded by a massive ring road known as M25. It's massive. However, and it may take you to go from one side of London to another, it may, depending on the time of day, now it may take you hours to go from east to west. Now it may take you hours. However, generally speaking, the earth of the people, the people understand London to be anything that's within the N25. Anything that's within that ring road, that motorway, is regarded as being London. Now, and so there, there, there could be times, for example, especially in winter, where you may be going from one side of London to another, and you may have to stop off to pray. Now, you may have to stop off to pray, because you can't combine. You can't combine because it's not the earth of the people. Now, does it make sense? Now, with uh, Manchester, from what I understand, and then, of course, I'm open to be corrected, but from what I understand is that anything that's considered to be Greater Manchester, the Greater Manchester area, look at some faces for confirmation, but the Greater Manchester area is what is regarded as being the earth of the people, the custom of the people. So, whatever food is the Greater Manchester, Rochdale, Oldham, uh, Ashton, all of those areas there, Stockport, all of those, all of those areas that are regarded as being Manchester or Greater Manchester, because it's all part of the same locality, and the people understand it to be one thing, the same police. Now, then it will be understood that this is uh, the distance that this is, uh, or until you leave that locality, that's when you're considered to be a traveller. And the last apparent time knows best. And this is uh, something that uh, my, me and myself, I would ask some of the of the mashayikh in relation to this and the ulama in relation to this. And they said, and generally speaking, the answer would be that what is understood to be the custom of the people is that when you're considered to be a traveller. And whilst we live in the UK and we live in big cities, that distance may seem further than others. But when you live in other other locations where the cities are much smaller, then it's your your guard has been a traveller in a much smaller or much much less of a distance. Now, and so it's all dependent upon really the orphan mass and Allah Taala knows best. Now, in regards to when he a person does um, actually begin his journey and he is regarded as being a traveller. Then Ibn Qadamah goes on to mention that it's mubah that the individual is permitted to 
يعني shorten the ربعية يعني shorten the prayer the four the prayer that made up of four rakats essentially. نعم and shorten to how many? Two. So why is he permitted to shorten those four rakats prayers? What is the reason? The asl was two. So the the, the, the asl of these prayers that were the, they were two rakats. So it was two rakats for fajr. Two rakah for Dhuhr, two rakah for Asr, three for Maghrib as it's always been, and two rakah for Isha. And so the individual is permitted to go back to the Asr and shorten those prayers. And then such an individual now, uh, he has that, it's permissible for him to do so. Shaykh al-Shaykh Ubaid, Rahimahullah, he mentions in relation to this, however, that if the person is embarking upon a journey with the intent of ma'asi. Naam, so the person is embarking upon a journey for ma'asi. Then he does not have this ruksa. So the person, he intends to go and perform a sin. His intent is to go and perform a sin. For example, the person is traveling to, to go on a, a party holiday. Naam. He cannot now say, I mean, Ibifa. So I'm gonna make jamma kus. Because his intent was say it from the first in the first instance. Naam. Likewise as well, linked to that, if we're talking about the affair of the Musafir, linked to that in relation to the ahkam of the Sa'im. And the rulings in relation to the one that is the one that is fasting. That if the person is traveling with the sole intent to break the fast, then he does, he's not permitted to break the fast. He doesn't have that ruksa. Naam. So the person, she starts to feel hungry and he says, you know what, I'm going to go to whatever. Naam. I'm in Manchester, I'm going to go to Liverpool. My fellow. His only intent, he has, no, he has no business there. But his only intent is to break the fast. He's in Ramadan, he wants to break the fast. That's why he travels. Naam. This is the yahsul, it can occur. Or a person is overcome by desire, my fellow. So he travels with his wife. The only intent of breaking his fast. Naam. I'll come for him to now. Then in this regard, the individual is not permitted to break the fast and they do not take the ahkam of the musafir. Naam. The person cannot travel and their purpose for their travel is yani ma'asiyah. So, however, some of the mentioned that if the person is traveling and he's traveling, same scenario, but he's traveling, yeah, he's traveling for ma'asi. However, yani, so he travels for ma'asi. Some Ahlul mentioned that he still, it still uh, shortens the prayer. So some Ahlul mentioned he still shortens the prayer. Why? Why would you say he still shortens the prayer? And it shows you that in terms of the affair of Qasr, yeah, he shortens the prayer, how yeah, shadid it is in relation to the ahkam of it. How severe of a hukum it is. It's still 
Sunnah, even more so what? It's wajib. Naam. So the shortening of the prayer, if the person doesn't shorten whilst they're traveling, they're mukhalif in the Amr al-Nabi They've opposed the Amr of the Prophet So even if the person, same example, he's gone to that place, I'm not going to say it again, he's gone to that place for the purpose of sharf, evil. Then, and for whatever reason, Alhamdulillah, he's still praying. Then this person should not shorten, or should, or should still shorten, as mentioned by some of al Some of the scholars mention even further, though. However, if the individual is always mentioned by Shaykh and Shaykh if, however, the individual, by way of him shortening, this aids him in his disobedience. Naam, then he should not shorten. Naam, so if now, for example, shortening, because the, the whole affair of shortening is to bring ease for the person, to bring ease for the musafir. Yani, remove the mashakka, remove the hardship for the musafir. Sorry? If now, however, the person is shortening, and with that ease, it brings him ease in order to increase in disobedience. Now, then such an individual should not shorten the prayer. Now, such an individual should not shorten the prayer. So we understand. First and foremost, yeah, the asadul ruling, and Allah Ta'ala knows best, is that the person is not regarded to be musafir because the whole cust, his whole, his whole intent behind that journey is a journey of fisk. Yeah, then masses, disobedience. So if the intent of that journey is for disobedience, then he cannot now say, I'm going to take the rulings yani, in relation to a journey, because that journey is one of evil. However, we have some Ahlul that say what? They should still do what? They should still shorten. And they should still shorten. Why? There's an obligation to shorten. However, they give an exception in what case? If by shortening, it will aid him in his sin. If by shortening, it aids him in his sin, then he doesn't shorten at all. Now, and so, now, and essentially this is, uh, now, this is, this, this call, the first call, uh, they, they shouldn't, they shouldn't, uh, they shouldn't shorten at all. This is the strongest of, the, of them, Allah Ta'ala knows best. And thereafter, Ibn Khudama, he mentions that Naam, Ibn Khudama goes on to say إِلَّا أَنْ يَتِمَّ بِمُقِيمٍ أَوْ لَمْ يَلْوِي الْقَصْرِ أَوْ يَنْسَى صَلَاةُ الْحَضَرِ فَلْيَذْكُرَهَا فِي السَّفْرِ أو صلاة السفر يذكرها في الحضر فعليه اتمام. and so the exception إلا يأتم بمقيم. so the exception is that if you are being led in the salah by the one that is the مقيم. so the imam he is resident. So the Imam is going to pray Salat al-Dhuhr, he's going to pray, of course, for Raqqa. If you're praying behind that Imam, you don't just pray to Raqqa. You complete the whole Salah with the Imam. Naam. 
What's the proof for that? Now, the hadith that we covered extensively last week, that indeed the imam has been appointed and placed to be followed in the majority imam the that the imam is in place to follow to be followed. So the person that the ma'mum he follows the imam in as many actions as he's able as he's physically able to do. Now, what's an exception to that where he cannot follow the imam? He's, he's praying. The imam is praying Isha and he's praying Maghrib. Now, so he cannot follow the imam in every action in that regard. Why? He has to pray his salawat in the day in Tartim. You cannot pray your Isha before your Maghrib. Now, you need to pray Maghrib then your Isha. And so, except for that particular example, Allah Ta'ala knows best. The individual, if he's praying behind the imam, then he follows the imam in every single action. So even if the, if the imam, in this case, he is muqim, so he is a resident, then he follows him, he follows the resident imam in praying the four. So, thereafter, he mentions that if he does not intend to make qasr, so if now the person does not intend to make two, Shorten, then he doesn't shorten. With this, we understand that even if he doesn't intend to, it's upon him to shorten, as we mentioned previously, because shortening is in accordance with the Sunnah and the Message of Allah, وسلم, and not shortening is mukhalif lahu. So if he doesn't intend to do it, he has to make that intention to shorten. Naam, and he doesn't pray for upon that regard. So, or yansa salatul hadr fiyadkuruha yani fi safar. Or he forgets. So he's he for example, Salatul Dhuhr comes in and he's he's here. He's a resident. Resident here in Manchester and Dhuhr comes in. He travels to Liverpool. Or he travels to Birmingham. Travels to Birmingham. He travels to Birmingham. He reaches Birmingham, still Dhuhr time. And he forgot they didn't pray. Does he pray two or four? He prays? Two. Four. Four. We've got, we've got, we've got two fours, one, one two. Because <laughs> he forgets. It a lot of stuff. But yeah, and this one is, inshallah, clear. He prays. He said, kind of set your chest out after the second time. I said, four. He's not following the imam. He's, so remember the scenario. I'll repeat the scenario. The individual, he prayed, uh, he missed the salah. He forgot to pray duhur. Now, he drove straight past the center. Straight onto the M6. Now, and he forgot. And he got to Birmingham. And he remembered. I didn't pray Zuhur. No, his house is here in Manchester. This is how I said. Two Raha.
So essentially it's four. Naam is four. Why? Because he felt when he was hadir, the salat the salatan came in. So whilst he was, yani whilst he was an individual that was a uh, uh, resident, the salatan came in. He forgot. When he remembers, naam, it doesn't matter now that it's, it's, he's in he's in a new location, because the salatan came in when he was muqim, naam. So he has to pray for in that river. So this is another exception where he may be musafir in hukman. However, because he forgot about the salah whilst he was hadir, whilst he was muqim, whilst he was a resident, he has to complete the salah with the four rakat. Now, he can, he can combine, but he uh, he pray asr of two. Now, but the dhuhr has to be four. Now, what? Yes. 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 Then this is not something that we'll be held accountable for. However, it doesn't now mean that once we remember, for example, when the person forgets the salah, he's not going to now say, "I'm not going to pray when I remembered," because there's a that this affair of of forgetfulness has been pardoned from this ummah. No, it just means that he he attend he established the salah when he, and he remembers. And so, what if he remembers now, and he's now in a in a situation where he's traveling? Because the salah started when he wasn't a traveler, traveler sorry, he prays it then. No, he prays it fully then. No. If you travel, you're going to pray there intentionally. The ibra really is with the salah time entering. So even if you intend to say, I'm going to pray there. The salah time, because the salah time enters, you you have to uh, establish it according to according to where you were when the salah time entered. Now, any uh, irrespective of the person's intent in that regard. Now, Allah Uh Now, so oh, likewise as well. The up the opposite is true. So, for example, the person he's traveling and he forgets to pray asr, naam, and then he reaches home. Once he's reached home, then he has to pray four. So, even though, for example, asr may have entered whilst he uh, whilst he was traveling, so asr entered whilst he was traveling. So, again, same example for for the meaning of ease, I guess. That Asr enters and he's in uh, Birmingham. When he travels here to Manchester. If he has to pray, he travels here to Manchester. Once he arrives, then upon him is the Ruba'iyah. He has to pray the Salah with Arba Rakat. Naam? Is that clear? So he prays the Salah with four Rakat. So, Thereafter, he goes on to mention 
نعم وللمسافر أن يتم والقصر أفضل and so he mentions that the musafir is able to complete four rakat. The Imam has mentioned the musafir is able to complete four rakat. Right, so he's able to pray, for example, he's traveling and he's able to pray the dhuhr uh, four rakat or asr four rakat. Now the musafir is able to do that. And Sheikh Obeid mentions that this is the call or riwayah and Imam Ahmed. So it's a narration from Imam Ahmed. When we say a riwayah, yani on from Imam Ahmed or riwayah from Imam Malik or riwayah from Shafi, we mentioned this previously. Do not remember what this particularly means or why we say it's a narration from them? As is in the case with this here. And I don't remember. From Qiyas. Qiyas. But from Qiyas, no. You go with the hadith? No. Not, 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 not in relation to the hadith. I'm breaking the chain. Good answer, it's not right though. <laughs> Naam. So it's because that there may be different aqwal, different statements reported from the same imam. So there may be a statement that's reported that someone trans transmit from that, that imam and then another statement that transmits from that imam. So this now, where it says that the person is able to complete yani four rakats while still traveling. This is a riwayan Ahmed. So this is some, something that has been narrated from Imam Ahmed, an opinion. However, there's other narrations from Imam Ahmed that repeats that mentions the opposite. And what we say in relation to that, and is mentioned by Sheikh and Sheikh Obeid, is that what is thabit, however, is that the person must make qasr. Yeah, the person must shorten the salah al-itlaq, yani absolutely. Naam, so once the person is traveling, as we mentioned previously, they have to shorten. And they have to shorten, why? Because by not shortening, then they're doing what? There. Mukhalf. Now they're opposing the Sunnah and opposing that which the Prophet Sallallahu was upon. So, so, and thereafter, he goes on to mention woman. Now, I come to Akhtar Min Ehda wa Ishrina Salah Atem. Wa in Lam Yajma ala Dalik Qasr Abada. And so, it goes on to mention as well that if the person intends to perform or intends to perform 21 of the salawat, now I'm telling one of his salawat, then in this regard, he's able to combine. After that, after those 21 salawat, then he has to now pray. He has to pray, yani completely. I no longer taking the ruling of the traveler. So 21 salawat is how many days? Four, four days? And one, one salawat in addition. No. Four salawat, 
one and, and four four days sorry, one a slight in addition. And so the delay which is used for this is the narration where the Prophet Sallallahu remained and it's the narration in uh, uh, Bukhari Muslim when the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam stayed in Mecca for the period of 21 salawat and he would he would uh, shorten those salawat alayhi salatu wasalam And so what is understood from that and what is derived from that is that such an individual, if a person does so, then they can, if, they're, if they're traveling, then they can only be regarded as being traveling for this amount of time. So, what can be said in response to that? And what's the response? So the brother mentioned the narration in relation to Umar al-Khattab that he would shorten all the opportunity to return to Makkah. However, what we say in response to that that this is an action of a companion. And what has been presented initially is the action of the Prophet Sallallahu So again, what, what can we say in response? Barakallahu people. There is a response. Because uh, I believe it, personally. <laughs> no. Exactly that. Exactly, that just because it mentions this 21 salawat, it does not now necessitate that this was the had. It's just that the Prophet came to the end of his hajj, of his need, of for his journey, and then he traveled. What we do say, and what is uh, what is the statement of a lot of Ahlul Ilm in relation to the time where a person travels, is again similar to the distance of travel, that it goes back to the Urf. It goes back to the custom of the people or the custom of that person's custom as well. So if the person now regards himself as a traveler, naam, and not just, just min, min bab al-hawa uh, al and his desires, but he genuinely can regard himself as a traveler. He has no belongings in that land. He has no nothing tying him to that land necessarily. Even if he has relatives there, he may have relatives. We go to places where we have relatives. Doesn't now mean that we live there. Now, so if now, for example, there's nothing in particular that ties him to that land. Now, he doesn't have belongings. Doesn't have. He's, he's not. He doesn't have uh, any form of abode necessarily. Then he would regard himself as being a traveler until he leaves. What you would find sometimes <laughs> from amongst the tulab of the jamia, they they would say that. Even though I'm going to be here for six years, I intend to graduate and leave. So I'm no longer a traveler. Even though he has his own room, he has his own books, he has his bookshelf, he has his table, he has his bed, he has everything. Now, he even receives a wage in that land. I know Jami gives you money. 
And he will say, like, no, but I'm not, I'm not, this is not my land. And he has something, he's given what they call an ikama. Now, an ikama, an ikama essentially is a resi residency card. The card says you're a resident. Now, it's, 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 it's not any clearer than that. But they'll say, no, I'm, not, I'm still a traveler. In this regard, no. This is something where the person go, takes that to the other extreme. Now, where the person takes the other extreme and just because, yes, you don't intend to be in that land forever, doesn't now mean that you're not regarded as being Mokim. Inshallah, all of us here do not intend to be here forever. Now, in Britain, inshallah, we're not now going to say that now we're travelers. Or I'm in the dunya and the dunya is a traveler. So, I'm going to join. No, of course. There has to be a degree of sound intellect. Now, that's the a degree of the person using the sound intellect when it comes to this affair of yani, the suffer and the custom of suffer. If now, for example, you go to a land, you have relatives, but you have nowhere, you have nowhere to sleep. Now, you have nowhere to sleep, you're sleeping on the sofa. You have no belongings there. Now, inshallah, you're a traveler. So, or if you go to a land, for example, you have a home there. Now, everything in the home is yours. You can't now say I'm a traveler, even though you're going to go, you may only stay there for a few amount of days. That's your home. And so it's about the person engaging yeah, in his sound intellect and sound understanding of their surroundings and their living circumstances. Everyone's living circumstances may be different for another. But everyone understands what their home is and what they call home. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. And that, inshallah, concludes those two chapters. Um, our next lesson, bi'inni ta'ala, will be going through the description of Salat al-Khawf, which is a, a particular Salah which is Somewhat daqiq, as they say, so it's quite uh, precise in what it's done. So, uh, inshallah, I advise the ikhwah get a good night's sleep the night before because it, it, it regards a degree of tarqiz, a degree of concentration. Now, now, salam so if now, now, because we mentioned that we, in terms of the salawat, the person, Zakhalakhir for mentioning, because it's uh, something that we didn't mention. We have the person prays standing, that's the asal, of course. If you're not able, sitting. If you're not able, on the side. If you're not able, lying on their back. Naam. And then obviously lying on the back, they make movements with the head. Some people. May Allah Ta'ala aid them, they may, not even, they may not even be able to move their head to any degree. And so, as he mentions, our young companion mentions here, that the individual may make movements with the eyes. When it comes to the eyes, the, what the person will do is that they will move it, the same way you move your body, you move your body down a little bit, and then down even more, you do that with the eyes. So you move your eyes down, you look down a little bit, for the Ruku, and then look down even further for the Sujood. What are you uh, going for? No. Someone is really sick. Someone's really sick now? Yeah. They're in a coma. They're in a coma. No, okay. 
So now it's upon the individual to, to pray the salawat. So the message is ability, of course. They praise the salawat. So the person is in, is because going back to the general ruling that when they wake up from their or they become conscious again, then at that point they have to make up the salah. So it may be in one salah, it may be a few salawats. But in that in that regard, they, they to the best of their ability, of course, because it may be a degree of mashaka, but the person should make up those salawat. And this again shows you, and it's a clear indication of the importance of the salawat for the for the Muslim. Now that even in this in this scenario, for the person, for example, the example given is that an individual is in a coma. Even in in this scenario, that the person ha- should uh, still needs to perform the salah. And the last one was best. No. So if a person, like, for some reason, forgot to pray Dhuhr, yes. he prayed Asr, he didn't remember that he prayed Dhuhr. So he forgot to pray Dhuhr? Yeah, but he prayed Asr. No. Like, and then Maghrib time, while he's in the Salah, he remembered that he forgot to pray Dhuhr. Okay, so, so he, he, uh, he, he, he forgot Dhuhr, he's prayed Asr, right. and then Maghrib, he remembers he hasn't prayed Dhuhr. Yeah. He's in the Jama'ah. Allah. Allah. Just remember to pray. Just <laughs> remember to pray. But Allah, Allah knows best. The Yadhar, Allah knows best, that which is apparent, is that he would have to pray for then Asr and then Maghrib. Because he's bound by the Tartib. Allah knows best. What's apparent? No. No problem. There's some narrations that, that mention these this specific really wording, but it's not actually Thabi that mentions a particular distance. Yeah, a, a particular distance from what from what I'm aware of. And so uh it will mention like the, the distance being the the travelling for the two days and the likes of that. And then it's derived from that. Naam is derived from I particular that particular distance. However, in terms of actually mentioning specific distances, then from what's apparent that there's there's nothing mentioned this particular distance. Not that I'm aware of an last time was this. Many can come correct me now. No. 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 Uh, who most person, uh, for example, the person being asked for wedding, and he intend that wedding, he must be there because of the hadith. Yes. But at the same time, that place is, is what we say is not what can call pay. Okay. So the, the wedding is there's haram going on the wedding. Yeah. And he intends to. Position of the hadith, 
He, it's not for him to attend that because because of the ma'asi and shirk. As for Sheikh Mubaz, he mentioned, Rahimahullah, that a person should not attend these weddings unless they are able, they have the ability to enjoy the good and forbid the evil. Naam. So he's asked about these weddings that occur in big hotels and things like this, is the, or bedding halls, I guess. Now, that if the person does not have the, uh, the ability to enjoy the good and forbid the evil, they shouldn't attend. So in this scenario, they shouldn't attend anyway. Unless... They have the ability to enjoy the good and forbid the evil, which is rare, to be honest. Now, there are some people, maybe there are people that have a degree of uh, makana in their family, for example. There's, there's a, there may be an individual who's practicing multezim, bidin, and he has respect from the family. And they, he has maybe they won't accept straight away, but they, he has a salt, he has, he has a voice in the family, and they will listen to what he says. Then if he travels for that for that purpose and then he enjoys the good and forbids the evil for that purpose, for that bats. And then he's traveling, and there's no doubt that journey is one of Khaim. And so it's not one of Shard, and it doesn't and then it doesn't enter into that ruling of whether they can combine or not. No, hold on. No. Yeah. So, say for example, you're a resident of Manchester. Then, if you're outside of Greater Manchester, then you may be regarded. Then you would be regarded as being a traveller. If that makes sense, uh, I that's what I understand to be the earth of the people here. That Greater Manchester is Manchester. you're bordering then it may be in relation to where it's regarded that you've left your location so for example um, yeah so you, your location Bolton is it bordering between the two like that yeah okay say for example now you some, some people may regard it as being Greater Manchester some people regard it as being Lancashire when Baba Ihtiyat, in relation to being like, uh, or relation to taking it, or being upon that which is safer, 
then you'd wait until you leave all of it. So you're outside of Greater Manchester and you're no longer in Lancashire. So if the people, the other people Bolton, my fella, is that if we're in Lancashire, we're not travelling. If we are in Manchester, we're not travelling. So if they, for example, like Bolton, for example, is like the west of Manchester. Now, if he's even the south of Manchester, for example, Stockport, he doesn't regard himself as being a traveller. He still regards himself as being part of Manchester. Then he'd wait till he leaves any part of Greater Manchester. If as well he's in Bolton and he's close to uh, Preston, now, and Bol- yeah, and Bolton regard themselves as being part of Lancashire as well, to some regard, then they'll wait till they leave Lancashire. So if they're bordering on both, is that they should wait till, or they, they shouldn't combine uh, or shorten the prayer until they're outside of all those areas. Now, <laughs> Part, parts of Lancashire are in Manchester, in Greater Manchester. Same buses. Same buses. <laughs> so like this, 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 this part of the dust is my dust. This is where, I, where I'm learning this. <laughs> now, the same thing, the same thing occurs. Now. It all goes back to the Urf. So if now you're in parts of Greater Manchester and they say we are Greater Manchester and Lancashire, same thing. Then you wouldn't combine you wouldn't combine or you wouldn't uh, shorten the prayer if you're still in Lancashire. So for example, if it's all regarded as being one thing, Naam, so for example, the Urf of of the people of Lancashire is that we do not combine unless we're in, uh, if we're in Lancashire. So a person now, for example, Bolton, Lancashire is Lancashire. For example, I don't know for sure. Bolton, okay, it's not part of Lancashire. That's a bad example. So we have a place, which we, we don't know what it's called at the moment, but it's, no, a place that is part of Man, Greater Manchester and Lancashire. Doesn't exist. London is so much easier than this. <laughs> London is just M25 colours. M60, yeah, but it's still, M60 is just there. Yeah, M60 is just down the road. Everyone next to lives next to the M60 in Manchester. Greater London is all inside M25. Yeah, anything inside M25 is Greater London. So, yeah, essentially, anyway, if you are regarded as being part of this place and part of that place, you have to wait until you have travelled outside of both of those locations to yani, uh, be a traveller. That was good. Khalas. No. It's a riwayah. It's a riwayah. He did the jam without any reason. No. How we can understand and act upon this Ruqsah? No. So there are narrations where the Nabi, Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, yani, he combined not due to travelling nor due to yani, suffering. This is a narration. Yeah, there's, there's some discussion about the narration itself and the sihha, but for most apparent it's, it's, uh, it's uh, sahih or uh, hasan at least. And um, in relation to this particular narration, how it could be acted upon is that the people do act 
any given time or yani not on regular a regular basis, but as on the here to, from uh, sporadic occasions, not even mashaka that they combine, and this is in accordance with the sun that they can combine. Naam, but they don't make it a habit because this is mentioned, this is, I, this is understood from this narration, that it's not something that he, Sarah did habitually, but would do from time to time. And this is a, uh, this narration is an indication to, or Naam, it's an indication for us as the Ibad that this is something which is permissible to do from time to time without any without any legislative excuse. And so this is kind of, that's how we understand that Allah Ta'ala knows best. Naam. So, essentially, it goes back to um, the narration that mentions that the individuals are traveling once they leave the buildings of their location. So, once they've left behind the buildings of their location. So, what we understand from that is, once it's understood that you've left your location. So, if you understand that this is once you've left your location, then this goes back to, then of course, then it has to go back to the earth. Because the people of that place will know when that is the location. Because it may not be a case that you may have left all the builders necessarily. Naam. Or you may live in a land where there's not many buildings. No, sir. <laughs> you leave, you're still a Nelson. <laughs> and there's not many buildings. And so you're traveling and... Um, you still you leave the place, but then is it regarded as, uh, that you're a traveller? So it's all about in terms of that locality, and that we understand. From, that's what we understand from that Allah Taala was best. No. So that's it. No. So what we understand from that as well is that if the person begins by nam. We combine or shorten after a certain amount of time. This again is been bab lehtiyat that a person it takes the safer option so they, they ensure that they are a traveller and that they, they, they don't just take the ruksa when maybe it's not the, the correct time to take the ruksa that 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 particular allowance. So no time of course. No. You know that hadith uh, mentioned uh, the Prophet said uh, my, my ummah will not be gathered on the false route. No unitable force, yeah. Yeah, so, so how we understand the other hadiths, uh, the 72 sect hadiths? No. 72 sects are gathered on falsehood. <laughs> no, they're not. That's how we understand it. Because the uh, they're not gathered, they're divided. The Messenger of Allah mentions that Taftarik has the Ummah, and this Ummah will divide into 70. Three sects. So the united, you have united, you have divided. Obviously, obviously, the opposite of united is dividing. So they're not united. The only thing that may unite them is that they are regarded as being, or they, they are montesib in Islam. And they ascribe to Islam. Naam. However, they are not united because they did not unite upon the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah. So they did not unite upon, upon falsehood. Because these 72 sects, they went, they took their forces and they went wherever they went with it. Whilst the Firqatul Najiyah, that one group, remained upon the truth. Naam, that one group remained upon the truth. 
And so the others divided. And so there's no ishtima. Likewise, you have the hadith of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, where he mentions, or the hadith of the hawd, in the pool, the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, where the people are drinking from the hawd, and, the, and the, the malaika are ripping them away, taking them away from the pool. And the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam comes and says, Ummati, Ummati, my nation, my nation, referring to these individuals. And then the malaika reply by mentioning, that indeed you don't you do not know what they invented after you. Naam. And so he's referring to these individuals that split from the Jama'ah. That split away and divided. This narration as well, this min Babel Fa'ida, uh, was mentioned by some of uh, of our scholars. That this narration is a proof for the qaida, for the principle that Al-Jarh Mafassar, yani the detailed criticism, takes precedence over the uh, general praise. Why? Because you had that praise in Nabi alayhi salatu However, the Malaika had knowledge that of that which he did not know, alayhi salatu And so that took precedence. Hence, by way, due to their fi'l, their action. Now, clear? Allah, you father from the front,